0: Welcome to the Palace Theatre's Broadway Buzz, presented by Webster Bank. The Palace Theatre is located in Waterbury, Connecticut. My name is Stuart Brown, founder of the 24-7 online Broadway radio station, soundsofbroadway.com. If you are looking for nonstop Broadway music, tune into soundsofbroadway.com playing the best from Off-Broadway, Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage. I'll be your host for this podcast series. I want to welcome back Frank Tibera, CEO of the Palace Theatre. In our previous episode, we spent the time really talking about what is going to be happening, the changes, sort of the back end. But I wanted to spend this episode on really talking about the shows because there are eight shows coming up. And if you listen to the previous episode, Frank was describing that there is really something for everyone. You have the pure entertainment. You have maybe thought-provoking. You have the shows you sit back and relax at. So I really wanted to bore down a little more with these shows. And if there's time, pop in a song here or there for the listeners that might not be familiar with certain shows. So, Frank, welcome back to the Broadway Buzz. It's great to be back. Feels like I was just here, though. Let's look at the schedule. And let me briefly just run through it so we have a bronx tale and this is actually going back oh goodness decades ago because it's Mm -hmm. Chaz palminteri's one-man show which really started in a sense the industry of a bronx tale and that's october one and two we have anastasia very family-oriented show that perfect tween show october 19th and 21st beautiful the carol king musical november 19th through 20th an American in Paris in the new year, 2022, January twenty eight and twenty nine. Then the Donna Summer Musical for all those latent disco fans, February 11th and 12th. Waitress, April 22, 23. The band's visit in May, the 17th through 19th. And then Jersey Boys will end up the show or end up the season in June. So you have a lot packed into this year. Are you doing anything differently with... Subscriptions or the way that you would normally do things. Because I think when we spoke in December, you were talking about all the different scenarios for the customer that you're not just locked into the Broadway season.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I mean, so much has changed since we spoke in December. But what hasn't changed, number one is, first of all, we I need to give an acknowledgement to Webster Bank for their continued support of our Webster Broadway series, which is the titles you just um, um, offered. They've been continu- uh, continuing supporting the theater in, in generous forms. Um, since we've reopened so the Webster Broadway series it's nice to have it back because we've been talking about you know a, a series for the last two years to your question about what's going to change is we've been discussing this because we do have seven plus titles right we have seven shows on the series we have Jersey Boys, which is a make good but it's a special which will be an option for patrons to pick up but what we're doing as opposed to saying here's your seven shows take them all you know, this this is it you've mandated to take them all or you lose your benefits what we're offering this year is We're going to be offering a seven-show season, right? So for those who want to see all the performances, they can do so. We're offering a six-show package. So if you don't feel comfortable in October yet because it's still too early and you're just getting your vaccination, you can choose to wait a little bit. Or if there's a title you just said, I've seen it, I don't want to, we're giving you the option. We're offering a five show package. Again, now we're dropping it down to say we have to be cognizant of the fact that there might be some concerns, right, of people not feeling 100% comfortable coming in as of yet. So we want to give them the flexibility. And five show happens to be what we traditionally offer as a series. It's usually five show. And then we're offering a four-show flexible package as well. Pick the four you want. We understand this could be a a transition year for you getting back into it. So we want to give you that amount of flexibility in order to pick and choose what you want, benefit from the experience in hopes that when we are in earnest in 22 and 23, those years, that um, you'll come back at 100%. So package options, number one, are going to be a little bit more flexible and a little bit more lenient. One of the other things we're doing, um, Stu, as well, is for those patrons who buy, I think it's the seven, six, and the five-show package, what we're going to give them is unlimited exchange privileges, which means, let's say, for example, it's um, October 1, Friday night, a Bronx Tale. You can't make it for whatever reason. You choose not to come to a Bronx Tale. Traditionally, what we have done is say, you can come to see the show on Saturday, right? You have an option to only exchange within shows. So you get to take your ticket money, move it to the same show of different time. This year, because we want to allow for flexibility, you can bank that credit. And then if you said, I want to go see David Foster, or I want to go see something completely different because timing doesn't allow, your health or concerns don't allow or prevent you from coming. We want to give you the latitude to say, take your ticket, exchange it for a ticket value and similar price to whatever you want to see again. So a lot of latitude because we, I think we need to be flexible. And I say, keep on saying flexible and accommodating because this is going to be the bridge year to get people to feel comfortable to come back. So things of that nature are being rolled out specifically for packaging this year. If it works, we'll continue them. If they don't work, we may strip them away. <laughs> but, uh, the following year. But we'll see. We're going to see how it goes.
0: So as someone who has seen, I think, all the shows, I have not seen Chaz Palmenteri's one-man show, but I've seen all the others, mm-hmm. I would suggest, encourage listeners to really try and buy as lengthy a package mm-hmm. as you can, because every title is an excellent title. And what's really nice about the shows this year is... It's a really good mix, like I said earlier. I mean, you have an American in Paris with a lot of dancing, but all those great Gershwin songs, Mm -hmm. the band's visit, which you're not having a lot of razzmatazz, but a lot of great music and something you could just sit back and ponder and then beautiful where you could just hum along. Just don't hum along next to me. (laughs) Uh, So there's a lot there for people that want to, to dive right in. Having all these packages, in a sense, just sweetens the deal. Because now, like you said, well, let me just do the four package because I've never been to a Broadway series and I don't like to purchase all that. But, you know, I can take my grandkids to Anastasia. Uh, I can go because I love disco music. You know, you really can just pick and choose, which I think is just so great for the patron.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, again, we given the year and a half that we've just gone through and kind of the restrictions that we've all felt, we, you know, it was really kind of you know, our our conversations and our staff meetings say, okay, we need to provide that level of flexibility and latitude, because we've been constricted for so long. And so part of that is by design, you know, things also as well as, you know, we're gonna extend payment plans. We know some people may have been in financial situation where they otherwise could be challenged by buying a five or six show package. We're going to be extending the payment plan making it a little bit more convenient for them as well just so that you know we accommodate them and their personal situation so that's critical I do want to get mention the um get to the um, the programming side and you mentioned a Bronx tail early on when this was in the midst of um when we were in the midst of the pandemic I looked at a Bronx tail and this is Chaz palm one-man show, as you had mentioned. It's not the musical that was here two years ago with Nick Fradiani, remember Connecticut, uh, American Idol participant or winner, but this is the one-man show which really started the franchise. It went from his show in LA, it turned into a movie with Robert De Niro, it turned into a musical, and now he's bringing back his show, which he's been doing for quite some time. The reason why I bring that up is because back almost six, eight months ago when we were talking about like rescheduling Broadway, I looked at that because one man show was having less people on stage. Remember back a year ago, we were talking about performers will have to be 12 feet apart. You can't have so many people on your stage due to production. I looked at this as an opportunity to say, okay, we do a one-man show. We've mitigated any of those restrictions that might otherwise be imposed on us because of social distancing. He can do his part. We can mitigate the distance between him and the front row and the orchestra. So now we made it a safest environment possible. One man show only projecting as opposed to a cast of 46 tap dancing girls projecting onto an audience. And that was done by intention and by design. Plus, you know, we often don't do plays in Waterbury because the house is sometimes too big. But Chaz was in the building when we did Bronx Tale the Musical and he's got this interesting following. He's completely Waterburyan. You know, he's he was born in the Bronx. He's got that um waterbury feel to him. And he loved the building. And he said, he goes, I will come back and do whatever you need me to do because he felt a connection to the community. He's willing to do press. He's willing to go out and and, and kind of peddle his wear because this is his product. So I really looked at this as an opportunity to use, capitalize on his stardom, his celebrity, his proximity because he's in New York and Westchester County, but also the, ca- the idea of the title, which if you saw the musical and you saw the movie, you need to see how this all originated. And that's the interesting part of you know, this one man show, which is taking place in October. I think people are gonna be pleasant. Surprised to see what a talented actor and how he presents his life story, not with a cast of character, but he represents all those characters. It's a pretty amazing production.
0: Well, that's the strength really of a one-person show, is if you have that aura, you have that ability to really have a huge house in the palm of your hands, because the way that you can present and you can tell stories. And so even if it is a large house, like the palace, Mm -hmm. it could seem a lot smaller. And especially because like you said, you have a bona fide star Mm -hmm. on the stage, but that would mean absolutely nothing if he couldn't really wrap his beginnings and his story. And that's really what a Bronx tale is. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he couldn't get any work. So he said, I'm going to write a play for myself. Yep. (laughs) And that just blew up from there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it was one of the longest running kind of one man show in LA when he had launched
1: it back, you know, decades ago. And it's interesting. He is such a personality. And for those people from the Waterbury community, and I know we have other listeners, you know, internationally who listen to this podcast, who know Waterbury, it's like Chaz, represents part of that community right and so i think it's it's really exciting to see that and to be able to deliver it and again our job as um theater providers is to kind of educate and inform and i think the education on this is you saw a really fun kind of book musical which told the story now you're going to see the origination in a play telling a very similar story. The narrative didn't change. It's just the way it's being presented. I think that's fun for the subscriber to say, oh, saw both of them. I may want to watch the movie now just to see yet its other iteration because, you know, theater has the ability to do that. Anastasia was a movie, you know, and then it turned into this musical. And so it's like how things change and how things adapt and how they're presented differently. I think that brings the audiences really far along.
0: Also, I think a lot of people in- Waterbury and that went saw the show at the palace theater with Jersey boys. Mm -hmm. And I think the producers and the press people, once Jersey boys closed on Broadway, the Bronx tale opened. they were trying to make that connection because of course they wanted the Jersey boys audience, but I think that is real. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, you could almost say, Hey, if you love Jersey boys and even if you missed the musical, the Bronx tale, well, here you have one of the guys Mm-hmm. That you could kind of trace to Jersey boys. So that's a connection yep. to bring people into the house.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think those are the interesting things where, you know, you, you've been doing this for quite some time. And often enough we deliver a program that would say, oh, it's light and it's entertaining and just come and watch it. But getting the backstory, understanding, you know, the connections and how it compares to and how this is autobiographical. This isn't, he just made this up for fun. This is his story and him presenting his own story makes it even more compelling. So we're excited to open the season with that. Again, it checked off a lot of boxes, a great play to open up with a one man show, which kind of put social distancing into our mindset as well. But I also think it is kind of the great payoff to a musical that you would have loved two years ago. And now you get to be brought along and to see how it
0: originated. So it's really cool for us. Speaking of backstory, you have the next show, October 19th through 21st is Anastasia. Mm -hmm. And people like us know that Anastasia began life at Hartford stage. So it Mm -hmm. is sort of like a homegrown product and homegrown product that made good. Went to Broadway, had a good run on Broadway, has now toured, and is now coming home. And I think, from my view, out of all of these titles, this is the great, family show to talk a little bit about Anastasia and and what excites you up about bringing that to Waterbury.
1: Well, you kind of hit on it. And I think, you know, goes back to the fact that Connecticut is so rich with programming that has its roots here. I mean, you look at Goodspeed and what they have done with bringing programs into Broadway. You look at the Long Wharf, who's done the same thing. And then now you look at Hartford stage again, Tony award-winning musicals being birthed here in our state, going into New York and then finding its other life. My wife and daughter I went to see Anastasia when it was at Harford stage and they loved it. They were just completely taken away from it and it, not only with the music, with the storyline. So they saw in that iteration and I did not. It is a really, not only is it a beautiful story and done really, really well, but it was it's a movie adaptation as well as we've seen with so many products, right? So it, um, it does come out there. It's kind of based loosely based on the story of this orphan girl who's trying to re- kind of reclaim her title after being a- exiled a- out of Russia. And it does really make... For a love love story. It is a broad, sweeping musical. And I'm excited because we get to celebrate its roots here with uh, with our friends from the Hartford Stage. Last time we did uh, Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, we had it here. Again, another originator from Hartford Stage. We had the creative team from Hartford Stage and some of their donors. We invited them in just so they can see their product and what they put together and how it transformed from their very intimate space. To our kind of more vacuous Broadway style home, so it was really nice to see have that connection um, and to see it go full circle. And audiences really appreciated the fact that that was something that was here, born and born and grown here in the states, saw its life in New York, did a national tour, and then it's back home. It's it's really kind of a great
0: story, uh, almost kind of mirrors Anastasia. It's coming back home. For those people that love the movie, you have all the great songs from the movie in the musical. And I know one of my nieces, when it was announced that Anastasia was coming to Broadway, she was so excited because when she was a little girl, that was her go-to movie. So you have all the songs that you remember, plus other ones. And I think one of the great things about Anastasia, and when you look at a lot of musicals, this is not always the case, but you have a very strong, empowered Young woman. And that is really when you look at demographics who likes to go to the theater, female, tweens, teens. Mm-hmm. And this really, I think, has a lot of connection for them.
1: Absolutely. History relevant. I mean, we are going to have an education program that's tied into this, it's an after school program tied into Anastasia. And we've had real great success. Being able to provide this, we, um, we've we done it with Les Mis, and it's usually taking, or we've done it with Phantom, but usually kind of taking the social is- issues of the day and identifying how they still impact today's culture as well, but also trying to make it, there's an educational connection and how it um, translates to the history, you know, the Russian history and European history, et cetera. So we are looking to kind of build that repertoire as well. I think this is a great title to your point. It is probably the most family-friendly one out there that appeals to all ages, and so we're excited, and we will be inviting the creative team from Harford Stage. I know, I believe the the um, director is no longer there anyway, but some of the, some of the staff that from Harford Stage that might be new, who may not have seen it in its first iteration, they'll be invited back to join us here.
0: So here's a bad transition. So another history lesson is your next musical is beautiful the Carol King musical mm-hmm. history in the sense of how pop music came to being because you talk about Carol King but you also had the other songwriting team of Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil who wrote again an incredible amount of songs 60s 70s I mean I think they're key, they're, they're still writing songs and so it was the it's the Carol King story but also it was the interplay between them, the competition mm-hmm. between them. And some scenes, the woman playing Carol King isn't even on the stage because it's Barryman and Cynthia Wilde. And mm-hmm. I thought that's what really made the show. But if you like 60s music, this is the show that you have to go see.
1: I have to tell I was sat through it sat through. It. I was in New York and I went to see the show. And I was completely unaware. I am a I am a de facto Carol King fan, because my wife loved tapestry right that album tapestry i think everybody you know most people of our age you know knew knew all the songs it wasn't until the show started and then Song after song after song that she was involved with, she and her husband were involved with, but they didn't sing it. They didn't perform it. They were all they were writing for others. And you're like, oh, my God, they wrote that song? They wrote that? It was just the list in the litany of songs that they were involved with, with top-notch performers in their heyday, but they didn't take the credit back then. It was amazing. And I'm like, I think I know that song. I know that song too. And it was just, it blew me away. And it wasn't your Mamma Mia book musical where they just wrapped the songs together to build a storyline. This was truly their story. And then only benefited by the beauty of their music. So I think it, it was done really well. The girl who plays Carol King, traditionally you're like the voice of an angel. I mean, sounds just like her. It's really nice to see. And I think there are not, very few people who walk in and be like, "Oh, I didn't know a song," because if that's the case, then you haven't listened to the radio in <laughs> a, a
0: decades. I will say when I saw it in New York, and Jesse Mueller, who won the Tony Award <laughs> for the role, and she comes out on the stage bare stage actually the curtains down there's a piano up front and she sits down and i can't remember the opening song i got goosebumps Mm -hmm. because of the song and she was carol king she was Carol King. she was carol king and so right at the beginning i was just hooked on that show Mm -hmm. and what's great about the program was you could look at the songs and they'd have an asterisk or something like this asterisk meant it was number one. This meant it was top 10, or this was top 40. So, like you said, mm-hmm. wow, they wrote that. You keep going back to the program to see oh, my goodness where was that on the Mm -hmm. charts? And it really is truly amazing. And
1: and I think the other part about it is as well is that it does give you a look into her life, which wasn't that great. wasn't that easy. I mean, she had some challenging relationships, et cetera. So it's not just, you know, a storybook musical with some cute songs. It really does kind of pick away
0: at the way she transcended
1: into quote unquote stardom. And sometimes it wasn't pretty,
0: but it really was touching. Agree. It's not this saccharine show where you're just sitting back and it's all goodness. There, There was a lot of drama well really in her early life throughout her career Mm -hmm. and even towards the end where she decides to take charge of her career why don't we listen to a song from the show and let's go with the title number because i think that is one of the best numbers in the show so this goes to the original cast recording with jesse Mueller from the musical beautiful the carol king musical and the title number
2: you got to get up every morning With a smile on your face And show the world Of the love in your heart And people gonna treat you better You're gonna find, yes you will That you're beautiful As you to do but watch the passers-by mirrored in their faces i see frustration
0: growing
2: and they don't see it showing
0: beautiful from the carol king musical i'm here with frank tavera ceo of the waterbury palace and we are quickly going through all the musicals and i feel like we're i don't know on a marathon or a sprint see if we can get all these shows in before our time goes but actually you know what we could do whatever we want Time is all we have yeah, the, in a sense you're in charge of this podcast <laughs> that's so right say, make it so we've talked a lot about an american in paris and that is the next show January 28th, 29th. And I think it's interesting because some people might go, well, I don't want to see a show that's all dance. And there is dance, but it is so incredibly done. The two lead performers, you just sit there mesmerized. And you have great Gershwin tunes. And what's interesting, this is you know a big Broadway show. The way the scenery is done, It's so artfully done. This is Mm -hmm. not a heavily scenic show in in a sense. And even with the costumes, but it's the story, the music, and how... The show or the story is interpreted by dance.
1: We use the word beautiful for the show. You know, prior to with Carole King, this is a beautiful show in uh, American in Paris. I mean, not only with the music, but the dancing, kind of taking your breath away, as you said earlier. And it, and, it, and it tells that story. I mean, I'll never forget. I was a freshman in college a long time ago, and I had to take a film. I took a film study class, in American in Paris was one of those class. Like it's one of those classic films that you have if you've ever taken a film class. They always present this. It was a piece of art back then, right? And so they've taken this beautiful movie and they've transcended it into this beautiful romance story and brought it to live on stage. And so I think that's the part where, as we looked at the titles and you had mentioned, you know, there's something for everybody. Very rarely do we have a heavy, heavy, heavy dance show, you know, one that is actually more ballet um, as well, as opposed to, you know, heavy and tap, et cetera. And this is just something for people to appreciate the artistry of the dance the music that is Gershwin tied into a beautiful storyline, which is um, the American Paris. And I think also the athleticism of the performers because, you know, to watch them perform, to do what is required of them, to relay that story in that way. It's amazing. I think people will be taken, their breath will be taken away because it's really pretty. It's a beautiful love story and it's one that is nice way to start the new year and nice something to look forward to. We keep
0: talking about that communal experience for live theater. To me, this is probably out of all the shows, the one show that you have to have that communal experience because of mm-hmm. everything you said. You have incredible ballet and jazz dancing and the athleticism and the songs all merging and you cannot have that. I don't care if you have a movie theater size screen. Mm-hmm. You cannot get that when you're watching it live. It just, for, again, for me, all the emotions that I had watching that show, which I did not expect. For me, it is one of the shows that you have to experience. Now you might walk out saying, well, Stu, I didn't really have that connection you yeah. had, but I would say it is something that you want to give a try and to see because you don't know, or maybe this is, you know, honey, I'm going to buy you, some, you and your friends some tickets.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm going to yeah.
0: skip this one.
1: Yeah. But I think, you know, that goes, and I said this as well, you know, our, our job is to educate and inform and bring people along and as we continue to bring, you know, different Broadway and theatrical style performances, not they should not all be cookie cutter. They I can't can't all be pop musicals, you know, with the title that, with a song that you know, not to um, comment on the next show that we're going to be bringing in, but to a degree, it, this does have, have to push you in your limitation. And you almost have to look at it and the only way to cut with American in Paris, with the music, with the dance and its variety. And to your point, you're, the minimal kind of set than the way they present it your imagination has to take over in a show like this, where you have to understand, you almost have to build this story for yourself to a degree, as opposed to it being plopped in front of you. Like, this is X, you know, we know, you are now standing at this street corner. Eh, you may have to visualize the street corner. So I think for us, it's a nice way to get people, about, tease them a little bit. And if we can bring someone along, if someone says, that was not as bad as I thought, because you're going to have some of those people, uh, you know, it was prettier than I imagined, or I didn't know anything about it. and It was great. That's a win for us, because then they'll be more likely or more inclined to attend something else that might challenge them as well.
0: We're going to take a short break. And then we're going to be back with Frank Tavera. Where can you hear the best music from off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage? The answer Soundsabbroadway.com, your twenty-four-seven online Broadway music radio station. Listen to selections from well-known, popular, and more obscure musicals from the most diverse playlists anywhere. That's soundsabroadway.com. Let's go on with the show.
2: We're all living through an unusual time together, but each one of us is dealing with
1: it differently. Webster Bank is here to help you move forward. At whatever pace is right for you, whether you're taking small steps or big, bold ones, whether you're refocusing on your future, re-energizing your business, or reconnecting with everyone you love, Webster will help you take your next steps on your time.
0: We're back with Frank Tavera, the CEO of the Palace Theater in Waterbury, Connecticut. I'm Stuart Brown, your host for this podcast series. The Donna Summer Musicals, is February 11 through 12. And it is the life story of Donna Summer told through her music and with three Donna Summers. Mm -hmm. So playing at different points in her career and sort of, as we mentioned with, with Carol King, not an easy life, a lot of bad things going on. Yep. But again, you have this really strong female character, female personality who at the end really exerts her influence to say, here's how I want things to go.
1: Her music, whether you were in the clubs at all within that period of time, you dance to this music, and that's the. This is where you know America and in Paris might give you a little. You might have a little bit more of an emotion to it, like a connection. If you do, it's like okay, it's pretty. Like you may, um, it may evoke something from you. This is more of a feel good. If you may not love the the way her life was portrayed or, you know, what she went through and the challenges that she faced. But ultimately it's the music that is going to take you through this production. You're like, oh my God, I remember that song. Oh my God, I remember where it was with this song. And it's one of those where this will be a little bit more joyous in the fact that you know, is of course is gonna, you know, end on a high note and everyone's gonna be, you know, having a grand old time. We're thinking about doing a disco party after just because, you know, that people are gonna want to get their groove on. I can't believe I just said that. Uh, (laughs) we are thinking about doing that as well, just to kind of extend the experience so people kind of relive those moments. It's a great, I don't want to say it's bubblegum, but it is a nice fun piece of theater, even in light of kind of the challenges that she face as an artist. But at the end of the day, people will enjoy it.
0: And I think it's a good contrast to the next musical, which is Waitress, and that's April 22nd and 23rd, which is based on the indie movie of the same title. And I, I guess there's there's a lot more meat to the story. Mm-hmm. And you have a great score by Sara Bareilles, mm-hmm. uh, very different, very theatrical, a good story. It's, what's interesting is we talked about Jesse Mueller starred in Beautiful, Jesse Mueller also starred in in the original cast of Waitress. But you really get involved with the stories of the individuals in addition to the music. Again, it's a different title but I think it's another title that helps wrap the whole season into a nice haul.
1: Absolutely. First of all, Sarah Bareilles, I mean, I don't want to say, you know, she an amazing job with the music, with the book. I mean, as far as what, what she presented, I mean, she's an acclaimed artist herself, so what she's done with the music is wonderful. The adaptation to the uh, movie, and again, having seen the movie a number of times over the years, I'm like, oh, I forgot I really like this movie. You know, it's it, it's got some challenges as well, but it's a very sweet movie at the end, so so it is. It is going to be a nice um, one that I think you know Anastasia might appeal to you know a broader family. This is going to appeal to a little bit younger audience as well, because there are those, like my daughter's age, who's seen Waitress a number of times, the movie, and is going to want to come back out and, and see this, and experience some music as well, because, you know, the, the movie's a straight, it's a straight movie, there's no um, music embedded in it, this music is built specifically for this, so I think it's going to be a really nice title, much credit to Sarah Rose for what, what she's done with it, but it's going to, that's going to be a pleaser for many people who have maybe seen the movie, and like, oh, really nice adaptation, and that's, I think, the important part.
0: And also here you have a contemporary artist writing the score for mm-hmm. a Broadway musical. Yep. And not many people have done that. Many artists have done it successfully. Mm-hmm. So here you have some. So if you like just Sarah Borellis for her music, I don't know if she's won Grammys, but I know she's been consistently nominated for. So people are going to be familiar with the type of music she writes. Absolutely. Well now here it is within a Broadway musical.
1: I think Sarah has her own brand and what people expect of her, of her vocal styling. So to see her adaptation of this movie, is going to be uh, of the movie to the musical. It'll be really enjoyable.
0: The band's visit is in May 17th through 19th. Mm -hmm. It's different, but I think it adds so much to the whole schedule. There is no tap dancing. There is no big production number. It's more of a cerebral type show. Again, based on an indie movie and some very powerful performances, the two leads, uh, you really get wrapped up in their story.
1: I've sat through this with zero expectations. I went in, saw the show, because I was at the, what was called the Broadway League Conference. Um, so I was down in, the, um, in New York for a conference. I'm like, okay, and you know your tickets for this evening are the band's visit. I'm like, all right, the band's visit. First, so my expect I had very little. I didn't do my homework on this one. I just went through, and I did my part, and I sat through it. At first, I I'm like, what is this? Because it wasn't, there was no, you know, there was no blockbuster. There was no opening scene where you're like, you know, you're were, you were blown away by this. The music was awe-inspiring in a way. It really kind of lulled you into something. The storyline, I think today more than ever, we need if it's about peace, anyway, not peace in the Middle East, but to a degree, it's kind of finding peace um, and finding common ground against what would be considered enemy, regardless of your camp. It kind of knowing that you you are not built to be in opposition, you can find common ground and find, can find friendship out of this. I mean, without getting into it, it's if I'm not mistaken, it's an Egyptian band that ends up in an Israeli little town. And just imagine, you know, the fun that ensues <laughs> with this Egyptian band in this Israeli town and kind of the unwelcome feel that they have for being in a, de- in a location that they weren't prepared for. And the relationships that get built, I was taken away. The nice part is, as well, it's 90 minutes, no intermission. Some people really enjoy that. It kind of wraps it up in a nice bow. But it really just kind of, it, I got to thinking after I walked out of that mic, that was pretty. That was very well done. It was nothing than what I expected. The storyline, it was thought-provoking. And I, and I walked out of there saying, okay, you know, there is a room for... Peace. There is a room for friendship and getting over your, your preconceived notions of one another. I thought it was done really, really well. I, I, had, I think I had a little tear in my eye when it was over. Like This was really, yeah. it was touching. It was yeah. really touching. Yeah. So,
0: How about if we listen to a song? Absolutely. And I think this is one of the opening numbers. It is called Welcome to Nowhere.
2: Lots of art, lots of culture, that's better with a P. Where you are, this is not Petah Such a city, nobody knows it. Not a fun, not a art, not a culture, this is Petah with a B. Like it boring, like in barren, like it bullshit, like it bland. Like it basically bleak and beige and blah, blah, blah. There's a Some Jews in then. Ben-
0: That was Welcome to Nowhere from the Vans Visit, which will be at the Palace Theatre in Waterbury, Connecticut, May 17th through 19th. You do get, I think, a little teary-eyed at the mm-hmm. end because it is a very beautiful story. And then we go to June, Jersey Boys, sort of nice wrap up to the entire package. I think most people are familiar with Jersey Boys. Anything else you want to add that people don't know?
1: No, well, I mean, I, I would assume and I would hope because we've rep- we've presented it twice thus far. This was one that we were supposed to be bringing back on the day, di- it was two days before the pandemic hit. This was supposed to be on our season. This was the first show that we had canceled. We were fearful that quite honestly, the tour was going to be canceled completely because that was a the plan. Um, they were going to wrap up their Jersey Boys tour in 2020, but it turns out because of the pandemic, they said they were going to put it back out. We had sold a lot of tickets in advance. So the nice part is this is a make good for many People who've already pre purchased our tickets and have yet to ask for a refund, but it's a feel good. It is a great story of, you know, Frankie Valley and the four seasons. And it's, you know, the toe tapper, you're going to be standing up at the edge of your seat, and it's a perfect way to end our season going with a great deal of applause, a great deal of excitement, and a lot of high energy. So we're excited to be able to bring it back. I should have mentioned, and I um, will now, next season, our 2021 2022 season is the 100th anniversary of the Palace theater since it's opened its doors in january 28 of 1922 so we will be a building in operation not always but for 100 years so this is our centennial our 100th year anniversary we are you know we looked at jersey boys as a great way to kind of put the finishing you know the bookend to an exciting season a really high energy show that celebrates our reopening of the theater but also our centennial as well
0: well, how about if we listen to a song from Jersey Boys? Sure. And I'm looking at my playlist here and I have, oh, okay. I only have 15 songs to choose from. So how about if we do Sherry? I know, Sherry Marcucci would love that. So, yes. Okay, great. <laughs> right. Let's listen to Sherry from Jersey Boys coming to the Palace Theater in June 2022.
1: And then one day a tune pops into my head. I jot down some dummy words. Nick and I do a quick head arrangement. Then we call the studio and sing it to crew. And the whole world exploded.
0: We heard Sherry from Jersey Boys, and that'll be coming to, again, the Palace Theatre in June of 2022. Well, Frank, I think we got to every single show. We didn't hear a song from every show. But I think, especially with what you're talking about, with that educational component, that communication component, people are going to be well-prepped, prepared ahead of time to be able to preview a lot of the information and to listen to some songs to sort of whet their appetite so they can make a choice with one of these great package plans that you have.
1: We're excited to offer them the opportunity not only to kind of learn or um, educate themselves in advance. We're really excited, to I have to say, to be able to confidently say we're going to have a season in 2021, I'm um, 21 22. Just, I mean, this, as you can imagine, this last year, year and a half has been quite the challenge for many organizations, not just the Palace. So to be able to get back to what we are supposed to be doing, presenting high quality entertainment in our majestic venue, celebrating our 100th year anniversary, this is what the building was for. We're a community center, right? And so we've, we've taken our time. We've sat back. We have delayed all of our activity in light of the pandemic and safety first to all of our patrons. But when we reopen in October with this array of programming, plus so much more, we have music, other off-Broadway style programming that are going to be offered as well. It'll be nice to be able to get back to our roots, welcome people back into this space, let them know that they feel comfortable and they should feel comfortable in doing so and do what the Palace Theater's mission is entertain educate inform bring a community together that's our plan so we're excited about
0: going forward and being able to do so well thank you frank and looking to seeing you in person someday (laughs) okay great you've been listening to the palace theater's broadway buzz presented by webster bank the palace theater is located in waterbury connecticut my name is Stuart brown founder of the 24 7 online broadway radio station sounds of broadway.com if you are looking for nonstop Broadway music, tune into soundsofbroadway.com, playing the best from off Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage. Thank you for listening. I hope you will join me on our next podcast episode. Until then, stay safe, be well, and be informed with the Broadway buzz.
2: Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Show! Waterbury Palace, your palace, your place. Waterbury.